understanding the why sets the culture. It sets how we respond to, to the guest experience. It sets the level of connection between the guest and between anybody in the park and every role from the person that actually the janitor to the person that's actually picking up the, the trash because everybody has a key role in that and there is an interaction happening. And you know, me as a leader, I don't need, I should never dismiss the power of every role in my organization. Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success. And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast. Hey, Josh, how are you? Hey, Matt, I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm fantastic, Ooh. as always. As always. <laughs> I think I'd even be weirded out if I wasn't fantastic for, for one of these recordings. But hey, I have a question for you. All right, can't wait. You, you've worked in a lot of different places, a lot of different roles. Have you ever had to fire someone? Yes, a couple of times. How'd that, not the same person a couple of times. No, no, different people. <laughs> <laughs> How did that go? You know, some better than others. Uh, there were some that were really straightforward and that uh, it was pretty cut and dry. And th there wasn't really much room to argue or contest it. Uh, yet there were others that uh, were maybe more subjective um, or, or there was, uh, you know, human resources had an interpretation of the policy, the, the employee broke it and I was asked to, to make that termination um, or, you know, in, in other similar types of instances that didn't go quite as smoothly which is almost expected most of the time. You know, termination, I'm sure, is not the most favorite part of any manager or leader's job. So what, what about you? Have you had to terminate anybody? I have, uh, unfortunately. And kind of like you, I've, ha I've had a wide range of, of experiences. Um, I've had a couple people cry, um, had a, some people throw things at me. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because I wish that I knew now what I... I knew then what I knew now, and especially after hearing this, this interview with Mary Tannis, um, really understanding what it takes to build up to a termination. And not that this entire episode is about terminations, but, um, you know, there's- but It builds up to it. We talk about it towards the end. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but there's so much that goes into, obviously, employee engagement, employee morale, communication, culture, alignment, that when it gets to termination, and this is, this is one of the things Mary talks about, it should be something that's kind of the last part of that journey, not something that comes as a, as a surprise to people. And I know early in my career, 
when I was terminating someone, I, I, I can guarantee a couple of them, it was a surprise to them. And that's on me. That's on me as a manager, but I've learned, I've learned since then. Um, but really fascinating conversation uh, uh, with Mary about those type of things and her life coaching business and how she really helps organizations um, uh, grapple with the, the questions of culture and empowerment and guest experience. Yeah, no, absolutely. I cannot wait to get to this interview. But before we do, what did you have thrown at you? <laughs> so I happened to be in my boss's uh, office. Uh, he, was, he was out doing something. And this was the closest office that we could find to have this conversation about um, this person being terminated. And so he had this little pencil holder on his desk that was full of pencils, pencil, pens and pencils, you know, just a, like a little cup kind of thing, plastic thing. And the person was not happy with our decision to um, set her free, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and return she, her to the industry. Return her to the industry, exactly. And she picked up the, the, um, the pencil holder and she kind of cocked back like this. If you're watching on, the, on YouTube, you know, kind of like a pitcher, you know, getting ready to throw it. Luckily, she didn't do it right away because I was able to duck and she threw it and hit the wall behind me. But um, yeah, that was that was not a fun experience. Mm. You know, you talk about uh, having to terminate someone in, you know, somewhere else outside of your office or kind of like in a, in a different environment. Uh, there was one part that I worked at that um, I, I had an office at eventually, but not when not when the park first opened. Mm -hmm. So there was this back of house area behind a building, behind a gift shop that was just out of sight and just out of earshot from anyone else. And it was kind of like the the wall sort of, uh, you know, part of the gift shop was deeper. So there was like a, a corner um, and we just called it the termination corner. <laughs> and I know this is a little off topic, but- That's we, horrible. <laughs> because- that was the only place we were able to have private meetings. So, uh, and then, you know, if we were ever, you know, if ever like I need to talk to somebody in private or anything, I'd be like, oh, can you come meet me in the termination corner? Oh yeah, sure. What's up, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, eventually we got an office and uh, we're able to, to have those, those meetings in a more formal setting. But, but like you said, this, this interview is not just about terminations, but obviously that is just a, you know, a, a crucial part of any leader's job responsibility in any operation, obviously, in any industry. But like you said, it, it's amazing to hear Mary's philosophy on the guest journey, on leadership and company culture, fostering all of that. She's the queen of feedback, which if we can all be like Mary when we are customers or guests going anywhere, I think the world wouldn't just be a better place, it'd just be more productive. Like there would just be better changes and, and improvements happening everywhere. So uh, take note of how Mary uh, shares how she shares feedback and let's all try to implement that. But without further ado, let's get to this interview with Mary Tannis. Mary Tannis, welcome to the Attraction Pros podcast. It is so exciting to have you here today. How are you? Hi, Josh. Hi, Matt. I'm so excited to be with you too. And I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, so Mary, as we uh, get this conversation started, uh, can you just give us a quick overview of your career and your background? Absolutely. So uh, I've been in this industry for about 20 years now. I'm a world traveler. I've lived in many countries. I speak multiple languages. 
and I've worked with attractions and hospitality focused businesses, conglomerates and small pops and moms and moms, moms and pops businesses for you know, many areas from sales, from partners management, from negotiations, processes, as well as technology, training and uh, business strategy. I'm also a business owner and I am a, an active community member. So Mary, that is a wide range of, uh, of expertise there that you, uh, you just mentioned. So what are some of the areas you find that you're using most to help attractions? Honestly, my mindset. Uh, becoming a life coach was uh, the edge that I was able to create in, in the experience that I gathered throughout these years and the knowledge I have in the industry. Because at the end, uh, if we complicate it, we go through all these big names and big uh, uh, taglines that we can all talk about for days. But I like to keep it simple. And it's all about the mindset. It's all about creating the right energy, feeding that from the top down and that what creates the whole journey, which triggers the business to be successful. Because at the end, we are in business in this industry to provide the best guest experience. And if we all think about that for a moment and build everything we do and we train our teams to do every day to focus on that, that's where the magic happens. Absolutely. Totally. 100%. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your business? Sure. So my business is the summary of my passion that I, you know, was able to build and focus on throughout all these years. And it, it basically allowed me to do what I love doing and I've been doing for over 20 years without dealing with the corporate hassles and the corporate craziness that right now we, you know, we see is a lot of people are actually talking about. Um, so I took a step away from corporate and I wanted to help businesses empower their teams and empower their in the culture, the right culture to allow that business success and that guest experience that I absolutely love as a guest myself. Um, I love traveling. I love visiting attractions. I love going through all of that and giving the feedback along the way, which then triggers, you know, I'm like, you know what, my consultative approach is taking all of that to create, like I said, the energy that we talked about earlier to achieve results. So whether that's in the processes, digesting and understanding how the business works, asking the how and why, and why are we here? What are we looking to do? And then creating the how and being able to take that along the way to complete the journey and provide the guest experience. So I touch all aspects of that business from beginning to end. I like to sit down with my clients and, and go through that journey as a guest as well and then dig deeper into the areas and the gaps that we need to focus on, starting with the culture. I'm all about culture and I'm all about the right leadership because that's where it all starts from. Excellent, excellent. I feel like we could talk about that for days and days and days. Um, but there's something that I wanted to, to touch on and, and ask you to go a little deeper on, and that is the, the word empower. Because I think a lot of organizations, they say, well, we want to empower our employees, but they really don't know how. And that's one thing that I've run into uh, quite a bit. So I'm wondering if you can kind of peel the layers back a little bit on, on what empowerment really is and how do people do it? Matt, I love this question. And you know what I've seen a lot in my interactions with leaders is that they think something, but the reality is something else. So, you know, generally a business owner or a leader, they always have, to the, to the most part, they have good intentions. They want to 
bring results because obviously that's ultimately why they will succeed. But then the reality of the situation is that they think this is what they're doing and they think that's the culture that they want to create, but the true culture is totally different. And it all comes down to behavior. It all comes down to reactions. It all comes down to setting by example. And as simple as that sounds, uh, when pressure builds up, we know there's lots of pressure, there's lots of confusion, there's many layers and aspects of a business owner that they need to focus on. And when that pressure builds up is that when that natural behavior comes to place and taking a step back and understanding, you know what, that behavior and that response, me as a leader, I'm creating, it's actually setting the tone for everybody underneath me on how they're actually reacting. And then you add all the complexity of different personalities and different experiences and that's where things get really complicated down the line where the interaction with the guest is taking place. Mm. Mary, why do you think that there is that disconnect so often between a positive intention of a leader in an organization and then the reality that occasionally might not necessarily match that intention? Josh, that's a good question. So there's many reasons, honestly. Um, few that we can mention is one, lack of training. Okay, so at the end, we know that we are good at certain things, but there are always areas of improvement. And there's always things that we can improve and get better at. The other thing is um, uh, understanding the purpose and understanding the why. A lot of the time, you know, business owners or leaders or managers, they, they are following the certain um, understanding of what the business is doing. But honestly, the alignment does not exist because of the lack of clarity from the top, you know, down. Because every along the way, as they are in meetings and they're running 300 miles an hour and they're trying to do all of these tasks, daily tasks that they need to do, there's lack of communication internally to always remind everybody what the purpose and what the why is. And why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we doing what we're doing? And what are we not clear about? And allowing each person along the way to say it in their own words to make sure that there is that alignment. Because if I say something, you might translate it in a different way. And imagine that when you have thousands of people working for an attraction, or even a smaller you know, uh, uh, place, it just creates all of that confusion and it does not feed right into that, uh, to that team. Another thing is um, understanding, being close to your leaders and allowing them to make mistakes and allowing them to speak up. Uh, the culture of fear sometimes is the, the, the reason behind many of these obstacles because people want to keep their jobs People want to keep doing what they're doing. And unless we allow that open, true open communication and true open door where people have the ability to talk about a mistake, to you know, digest and understand what happened and what can we do better. And that's what allows everybody to know, you know what, let's do what we do. Let's make our best just, and that's where the empowerment comes from. So I'm not afraid to make a call. I'm not afraid to use my skills and what I gather to make that you know, uh, action or that reaction to a situation without having to go down the line and create all of that delay in addressing the situation. Yeah, and I think Mary, when, when I was asking about empowerment, you know, you're, you're, 
your original answer was great from a leadership standpoint. And then I appreciate you going even deeper with, with how you were answering Josh's question, because what I find is that culture of fear, it really is sometimes the unknown, more fear of the unknown than what an employee is actually going to do. So when we put this, you know, elaborate process in place, oh, well, the employees are going to steal, the employees are going to do this. And, you know, we make this really complex process to protect our own assets. We're really putting a lot of barriers in front of the team when we want them to take actions that are, are on the, on the behalf of the employee or on behalf of the guests but we sometimes don't know what that is, right? We sometimes, you know, we're, we're a little afraid of, oh my gosh, what are they going to say? What are they going to do if they're not completely scripted? Um, and there are some organizations that completely embrace that and let people be who they are. And it, it's fantastic. And others are, are a little less, less willing to do so. Um, and with your work with leaders of all levels, what do you do? What do you say? How do you get them to get over that fear of, you know, it's going to be okay. Like, you know, Safety obviously is, is one thing. We, we don't want to be unsafe, but you know, for most other things, making a mistake like you're talking about, it's okay. Like we're going to survive. So how do you get people into that mindset? You know what? It all starts again from the purpose. So if we sit down and say, okay, what are we trying to accomplish here? Are you clear on that goal? So there are many roles in, a, in, a, in an organization and each person needs to understand what their role is and what, how are they contributing to that purpose? And believe it or not, that's another big area that lacks. So we provide job descriptions to people, right? And these job descriptions are usually, you know, triggered by, you know, HR and HR takes them, you know, from the typical script of a typical job description, right? But then how are we relating that to the results that we're trying to accomplish? So for example, if you're a guest service person, and you have all these policies and procedures that you are, are set for you to follow, like you mentioned, Matt, but what are, how are your skills and role are is serving that you know, environment that you're trying to manage with that guest? And what are you capable or not capable to do? So alignment and clear um, uh, expectations with each person's role for them to understand what they can and can't do and the capacity of their roles and how they contribute to that purpose is also key. I'll give you an example. Um, I walked into a coffee shop and you know I wanted to, it's a, I'm a regular there and I go in different shifts because I shift because I see people that work in different times, okay? And I came to come at the end of the shift and it was a new person and I said, hey, how are you doing? You know, I'd like to get you know my cappuccino with oat milk and she says, Sure, and, and I asked her, how many shots do you actually put? And she says, we put at one and a half. And I said, oh, because I'm curious, because a lot of times I feel it's light. And she totally, there was silence. She dismissed what I said. I think she was uncomfortable with that feedback. She didn't know if she was allowed to increase that shot. It was simple, you know, no problem. You know, we can definitely give you an extra shot. Would you like me to do that? Or how would you like your coffee? So simple things like that can actually make a huge difference in the whole experience. And because she did not know what she's allowed to do, what her role is, because at the end, her role is to make good coffee and please me as a guest, right? So then, you know, as simple as that versus a long job description, that's what she can contribute to the purpose and how she can contribute to the purpose. And it, she, she missed that, right? 
what I like about that example there is that, you know, when we, when we talk about empowerment and, you know, Matt's question, as far as, you know, making sure that employees aren't necessarily abusing that empowerment, uh, the example you just shared are, are the dangers of what happens if an employee is not empowered and passively comes across a situation, right? She didn't, she didn't, you know, offer to do anything, you know, actively of saying, you know, do you want an extra, you know, shot of espresso in it? But it then came down to her saying, I don't know how to answer this question because I don't have the empowerment that lets me make a decision that I know is going to best satisfy the guest. So Absolutely. And that's where training comes handy, Josh, right? So if I'm an owner and there's a supervisor and I hear that situation, I would take that person on the side and say, look, it's okay. This, this is a scenario that took place and that's where the training part of things and the feedback part of things, right? Let's talk about it. Why did you not answer that guest? And there was nobody in line. And even if there was somebody in line, I shouldn't be dismissed as a guest, right? So what can we do better? So that part of it also is where the, the danger of the guest experience, you know, uh, impacting it in a very negative way because there was no connection afterwards or communication. And I don't need to embarrass that person on the spot if I was a supervisor. I can simply either step in or if I am not able to you know, deal with the situation, no problem. But we need to talk about it. We need to make this, this better and empower that person to do better next time. Mm-hmm. You know, you just talked about not embarrassing someone. And I so appreciate that because with a lot, a lot of the people that I talk to about giving feedback, one of their 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 roadblocks is that, well, I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. I don't want to embarrass them. I don't want them to get defensive. And so much of that is how that's delivered. And to me, you know, hearing you talk about it, you're coming from a place of wanting to help. And I think that's, that's really important when you're giving feedback. Um, So what are some of your, um, I guess, tips and tricks for, for giving feedback in those moments when you don't want to embarrass someone, you don't want to call them out on the carpet, but you know that there's a, a correction that needs to be made. Yeah, Matt, this is, this is a, a very powerful topic, especially now because of all the confusion that's happening. Everybody's trying to open up. Guests are becoming you know, more aggressive in the expectations and the responses they're giving. And honestly, feedback is the power of improvement and the power of understanding how well am I doing now and what can I do better Mm. and it's it's a shame sometimes that we are okay with bashing a business on Google but we're not okay taking a a, a positive approach and talking to that business and understand and giving that feedback it's so funny I think I mentioned to both of you they, they call me the queen of feedback and everywhere I go I'm like, you know, always paying attention to the details. And then I, I like to sit with the owners and reach out, even the hotels and, and managers. And, and I always dedicate time in any experience, even if, when I'm on vacation, to actually do that. And the reason why I like to do that is because I feel like as a guest and growing up as a business owner, because even when I was a child, like my, my, my dad was a business owner. So I knew how important it is to give that feedback. Because if I don't understand what I am missing and what I need to do better in my business, how am I going to get better? And how am I going to improve? And how am I going to get these reviews higher? And how am I going to get those guests to come back uh, and build loyalty and build that VIP experience, which is another topic I love to talk about. Because you've got to make your guests feel like they are VIP. 
they are very important and you appreciate their business. And in order to do that, give that feedback in a way that's positive, make a friend. I always say, so my family, when we go eat, for example, out and there's feedback on the food, they're like, come on, Mary, like, no, don't do that. What if they do X, Y, Z to our food? I'm like, no, no, that's not going to happen. We do it in a good way. And, you know, I ask the manager to, you know, whenever they have time, if it's busy, I'm like, don't rush now. Just, you know, give me a call. Here's my number. I'd like to give you feedback. Because sometimes you also need to be compassionate and you need to be caring in the way you do it because these people are, are trying to do the best they can to give you the best experience within their, their capacity and with their abilities and with the tools they have. So I always like to assume the best intention. And when you assume the best intention, it puts you in a positive mindset. And when you do that, then you are you know, building a trust and a, and a, and a, and a emotional connection that's positive with that person to make them feel that I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm not here to get you fired. I'm only here to give you feedback because I care. And whatever way you choose to do that, whether on the phone, whether you stop, step back, you know, stop by again or on the spot, do it with that intention and there shouldn't be a problem. Hmm. So in a perfect world, Mary, every single customer and guest would go in with the mindset and the mentality that you have as far as giving feedback in this very constructive way, in a way I'm not bashing the business. I'm not trying to get anybody fired. I'm not trying to pull down their Google review ranking so that you know people stop finding them, but doing it in that productive way. Uh, that reminds me of you know many years ago when I used to work at Universal Orlando and I was in the guest communications team. I really picked up on uh, the way that I, along with you know, my, my coworkers and the rest of my team, would respond to different types of feedback. And when looking at this purely from a, a retrospective uh, standpoint, that there were guests that were served better, that got more productive compensation, not because of anything that we were doing of saying, hey, this, this person, we, we like this person better, so we're going to treat them better. But just the way that they presented the information to us as the, the feedback collectors, as the recipient of that, uh, really made all the difference. Um, I then ended up, I was in grad school at the time, and I did my master's thesis on consumer complaint behavior. And I ended my, my thesis and my presentation and saying, okay, now we need to figure out how to get all of our guests to be able to give the feedback that actually works the best for them as well. Because not only is it most productive for the business, but the guest walks away feeling most satisfied. And if there was any service recovery or there was any compensation you know, from that, the guest is actually you know, walking away feeling like they, like, like they won because it was really a, a win-win situation. So how do you then... Uh, you know, try to get that to not just other, you know, employees or, or leaders, because uh, that's, that's certainly one huge aspect of it, of giving feedback to your team, to your coworkers. Um, very, very trainable, certainly not easy, but definitely um, maybe not as much of a challenge of saying, okay, what about our guests? Who they have feedback? We want their feedback because we want to improve, but we want to help them be able to give that to us in a way that creates that that stronger relationship. Yeah, you know what, I, I like that because that's where my life coaching hat comes handy. And I put that, 
you know, when I talk to leaders or talk to managers, because there's two sides to it. There's the guest side. And we talked about it a little bit when I shared, you know, how we approach it as guests, be positive, don't bash the business, have a good intention. But also there's the other side, which is the receiver of that feedback, right? And how can we train our employees to understand, take themselves out of the situation. Don't take this personal. This is not about you. In a, in a way, you have a, you have um, you contribute to that situation, right? In the way you're managing it, but it's not about you personally, it's about the business, right? So take yourself out of it. And that's one thing I definitely, you know, teach in my, in my training is that, you know, you, you take the approach of disconnecting your own self from the situation and putting yourself in that guest's shoes. What would you want and how would you like to be treated? Right. And you know what? Unfortunately, sometimes you, you got to teach them and, and train them to handle tough guests, because let's face it, there are times where they deal like I was at a, at a big attraction in, in Florida the other day and a situation right in front of me happened because it was raining like crazy and people were standing in line to get something in return because we couldn't do anything. Right. So I was in line at the guest service, my favorite thing to do right behind the scenes of being the guest and I saw the guest in front of me being like bashing and screaming and yelling at the guest service person. And, and the way she handled it was so well, she was so calm. Okay. And she took it all in. She continued doing what she's doing. So as I was standing there, I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to be able to help her release that energy? Because now she's charged. Right. And that's not fair to her, but that's part of her role. So when my turn came, I'm like, you know what? hats off to you. You've done an amazing job of handling that guest. And I really appreciate it. She did not do the right thing, but you did the right thing. And I appreciate that. And I, I think, excuse me, I thank you for that level of calmness and professionalism that you showed. And I'd like to talk to your manager. So I brought the manager and I gave that feedback because you got to enforce. Also, we have a role as guests in that, right? And we also, that manager should also, uh, obviously they've done a good job training them to be able to take the good and not so good and how to react to that because that's key to it, right? If there's, the, the key part of this is be open for that feedback. That's number one. Do not be shy to take it that in and handle it in the right way. And then two, disconnect yourself from the situation and focus on the result that we need to achieve for that business to succeed. That's the bottom line. Mary, it's really interesting to hear you say it in that way. You know, Josh and I have had conversations before about if you want better guest service, you need to be a better guest, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's part of it. And what it sounds like you're really doing is breaking down the barriers of the us versus them, you know, a, a guest versus a, a team member. And we're all just kind of in this together. We're all human beings. And you're on that side of the glass because you're selling a ticket or you're taking the complaints. And we're on this side because we had a service a failure potentially. And, and we're looking for you for some sort of resolution. But at the end of the day, we're all kind of in this together. And um, that's one of the things I think really separates great 
guest experience when that barrier is kind of broken down. And earlier you talked about really looking for the details in, in, in every business. And I'm curious if that's one of the details you look for that sort of that, that we, instead of us versus them, um, is that one of the details you look for? And what, I guess the other question is what other details are you looking for that leaders should also be looking for within their business so that they can get all those little things right? You know what, uh, one of the things that I always focus on when I deal with any business in that manner as the, the consultant is, I like to walk through that experience with that leader and align with that person on the reality and, and what they really think it looks like. Because I think that's the, the, uh, the, the most important first step is to understand where are we truly and where do we think we are? And the reality is, believe it or not, how often do the, the, the leaders come down to the level of the, the, the park and the guest experience and the, 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 you know, the, the guest, how the guest is actually going through that journey in all the details, right? How often does that happen? And surprisingly, not too often, and I get it, right? Like, Again, there's other tasks to be done, but if we feel like there's something that needs to be fixed and there's an improvement that needs to happen, that's where it all starts. So understanding, again, that question of the why, because that's where it all comes from, Matt. Like the understanding the why sets the culture. It sets how we respond to, to the guest experience. It sets the level of connection between the guest and between anybody in the park and every role from the person that actually the janitor to the person that's actually picking up the, the trash because everybody has a key role in that and there is an interaction happening. And you know, me as a leader, I don't need, I should never dismiss the power of every role in my organization and make everybody is aligned that anytime you have you know, you're in a role that has, uh, you know, an interaction with a guest, we all need to speak the same language and we all need to be doing the same thing and being aligned on that same level of culture because that's where it all comes from. So these are the things that I really like to dig deeper into and the details because, for, you know, we, we look at the process, the, the key things, like the, the simple things that everybody looks at in a business, right? So you've got, you know, the sales side of things. You're looking at the strategy side of things, the, uh, the processes side of things. And that's all good. But to me, it's key that every team member understands, is aligned to that, uh, whatever these tools that we have on the, on the table, and is able to deliver the same way, with the same language, with the same intent, and the same understanding that we are one team, we speak one language, and our goal is to be uh, connected well in a positive way with that guest. And that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So Mary, you've mentioned a couple of times the concept of the guest journey, uh, and that's a topic that I love talking about. And I know that there's a number of different interpretations of that, but I would love to hear uh, what your definition is of the guest journey and I would say those moments along the way that people might not necessarily take too close of a look at that might turn into kind of blips in the overall journey. 
You know, we earlier talked about leaders and how, you know, the intentions and all that. And one of the things, honestly, that can be missed along the way, which reflects in the organization and, and its performance is um, being that going through that experience from the bottom and having that level of um, role that was played by that leader from the beginning to the end, right? Because a lot of times uh, some leaders are born leaders and some meaning from a role perspective, like they just wake up and woke up and they were, were CEOs and they did not go through that evolution and that challenge of grow, going up that ladder, right? Um, that allows them to understand what that journey looks like from their organization side. And then taking that to the next level from exploring it as a guest along the way from a different perspective or a different attraction or a different business so that they also understand what it looks like from beginning to end. So meaning what needs to happen is we need to go through that from the second I think to book that ticket or wanting to go to that attraction into the second and even after I leave that attraction. There's so much uh, involved in that process that is actually is, is a whole big journey that just almost doesn't end because the goal is for that journey not to end for me to come back. So, you know, we, we need to understand along the way how we as a business are providing the best uh, uh, journey for that guest from understanding what, what are we offering? What kind of experience does it look like? What can, we, what can you expect when you come in? Especially that if we're talking globally and promoting along a, across the world, right? Um, understanding who can I talk to if I have questions? Understanding, you know, believe it or not, you some, you know, sometimes I look at some websites and I'm clueless. Where do I find information? How do I, you know, know what product to buy? And if I buy that product, what happens with all of the different products that you're offering me? Is that on top of it? Is that a replacement? A lot of times it's, it's, it's very complicated and it's very uneasy for guests to follow through into making it easy when you're talking about our industry is also about families. So you've got so much complexity just in that, in managing the family expectations and the different age groups and you know, everything that needs to be packed and, and all the money that needs to be spent from a budget standpoint. How, how can we simplify that experience for that guest when they come into the door, what do they need to do? Where do they need to go? Some simple things that I've seen are so, you know, they, they actually mess up the whole experience. The signage, as simple as that. Or even uh, being able to talk to that person at that right location in order for that person to, the guest to understand where to go and what to do. So there's so many pieces of it from the technology to the wording to the alignment in the verbiage along all of the different platforms, because sometimes they're disconnect. You, you know, you, you have seen it where websites are talking a different language than when you walk up to the park or the attraction. And that's like blows my mind, right? Um, it also is, is important from the, from the staff. Everybody that's involved in the different areas, I've seen it again, where if I call guest services, they're telling me one thing, and if I call sales, they're telling me something totally different. Mm. And again, that's where, you know, I put my feedback hat on and I'm like, guys, you know, you're confusing me. What's going on, right? 
So every aspect of that is, a, is part of the journey. And again, back to the alignment that we talked about is bringing everybody together on one table, around one table, and talking through the details and understanding what each person's role in that journey and how we can all speak that same language and not confuse guests so they have the best experience. Yeah, Mary, I, I really appreciate again how you're articulating, you know, sort of the things that we're thinking about and, and, and asking about because, you know, when you think about all those different touch points, you know, we might say, yes, of course, we want to look at those things. And of course, we want to make those, those guest centric. But at the same time, we can be so close to our business that we don't see the outside perspective, right? Or we don't see, we, we, we can't literally put ourselves in our guest shoes and say, let me think about the fact that I don't know anything about this business, look at my website and be able to navigate it. So that's where it takes some outside counsel, I think sometimes and an outside set of, set of eyes, which leads us back to being open to feedback uh, to be able to, re to receive that. So have you found that there are some, some folks that are so passionate about what they do and so, so driven to go in a certain direction that it, it, it takes some time to get them to see that maybe we need to turn the ship this way uh, in order to be more successful. Have you found that too in your practice? A lot. <laughs> it happens all the time. And again, I always like to put a positive intention to every, every situation. And again, like you said, whether it's passion, whether it's ego, whether it's uh, fear of change, whether it's comfort zone, many words and descriptions to it. And honestly, the bottom line is, again, what I try to, to work with, whatever that business, I'm here for a reason. Obviously, you see there's room for improvement. Step one is let's understand and appreciate and acknowledge that we need to do something different than what we've used to been doing. Mm -hmm. That's the first step, right? Because otherwise, then we keep doing what we're doing. Then what, what, what am I here for? And what are you trying to, to accomplish, right? So if we keep doing things, the reality is the world is changing so fast. Guest expectations are changing so fast. You know, we've got to be open to adapt. We've got to be open to adjust. And we've got to be open to be compassionate because that also creates a lot of pressure on our team, right? So we need to also be very helpful and open and there's got to be more talking and there's got to be more communication than ever because of that level of stress and, and pressure that is created uh, along the way. And whenever there's change, obviously there's you know, pushback and that's where sometimes I talk to leaders and say, okay, well, it's time for a change also in the team because you know, sometimes that's a tough decision to make, but the reality is in order for an organization to be successful, it takes more than one person and it, it takes the whole village, right? So you've got to also have the right people behind you that understand, again, that, that goal and that new strategy and is it, they're able to walk the walk with you and, and not just talk and talk. Yeah. So speaking of change, you said the world is changing, guests' expectations are changing. Uh, we're recording this interview at a very interesting time. We're around the middle of May right now. Um, CDC is rolling back, you know, many of the uh, restrictions that are or guidelines that, you know, have been put in place for so long. Obviously, it's a huge impact to our industry, for the most part, a positive impact to our industry because it's an optimistic outlook for the future. But connecting that with change, what are you seeing in terms of the way that organizations need to 
I guess, continue to be fluid and able to roll with ongoing changes because just because we are thankfully, uh, you know, optimistically looking at the light at the end of this tunnel, there's still kind of with, with every answer we get, it kind of brings up a, a whole new slew of questions too. So not to get, you know, too specific into, you know, the, the COVID related aspects of it, but just the idea of change in general and staying on top of what we're going to probably see being a, a rapid uh, you know, evolution of, you know, what, you know, just from an operational standpoint and, you know, aligning that with company culture and meeting and exceeding guests' expectations. And of course, using the feedback as, as a driver to measure success in each of those. Yeah, Josh, it's, it's a very, very challenging time for, for businesses and for people as well in general. And I think a big part of it is uh, my advice is the following one, Ask the, the experts, know who you're actually getting your information for, uh, from and validate that. Because what we see is the, you know, the news, the social media, you know, everybody is trying to say what they interpretations of the situations are. And the key part is make sure that you understand the true um, uh, uh, guidelines and enforce that internally. Be open and communicate to all uh, throughout the whole team internally because again uh the expectations are the following let's make sure that we setting expectations that guests guests will ask and guests will complain and guests will come in clueless especially that cross states across like it's just even from city to city within within one state there's different things happening and different expectations different behaviors so you know we got to uh, uh, train our teams to be uh, be able to deliver the message, be able to address concerns, and be able to explain and refer to these rules and regulations when needed. Because the bottom line is, sometimes that's what it takes. And the other thing that's key to understand is that you cannot please 100% of people. You just can't. Nobody can. I always teach my clients, there's always that 20% that in the audience that will hate you. I'm sorry, just accept it, you know, and focus on the other 80, right? You don't always have to walk away as a winner. It's okay. And, you know, it's okay to sometimes say, you know what, this is the scenario where I've done my best. I've explained the situation. It's okay to raise the hand and ask for help, right? It's okay to call somebody else. And again, that we go back to empowerment. We go back to, it's okay, be confident in the situation. Don't freak out keep it calm, keep a positive mindset, and let's get through this, right? And keep the communication happening because I think that's the one of the most important key factors of success right now. And to allow you know, uh, uh, team members to be able to deliver under less pressure because the pressure is high. Everybody wants to, you know, it's numbers and, uh, you know, sales and revenue and costs and all of that, right? So there's so much involved in, in any attraction and running that attraction right now, but it all comes down to, okay, let's focus. This is what we need to do. These are the guidelines. This is what's in our uh, control and this is what's not in our control. And as long as you understand that, just keep doing what you're doing and the rest will come. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned the kind of the 80-20 rule of, you know, kind of where our time goes and that kind of thing. I'm actually interacting with a client right now who they have one person and I've had three different calls at least with three different managers about this one employee. 
And we're finally getting to the point where we're saying, is this person really in the right role? You know what I mean? Because there's been so much of that, you know, 80% of their time, more than that has been spent on less than 20% of their staff, right? They're, they're just, they're just spending, spending so much time. And I know that from, from what you've said too, it comes from a, a good place. It comes from a good place of intention of wanting to help and wanting to, to nurture people and, and give people the benefit of the doubt. But at some point, they just don't fit into the culture. They just don't fit into the team. And sometimes for compassionate managers, for empathetic managers, that can be a really hard, um, uh, hard line to draw. So what are some tips or what, what's some of your advice to people about, you know, when to make that decision? You know, how do they know when they've gone, you know, too far, they're spending too much time on that person. It's just, it's just time to say they're not you know, helping our culture, they're actually hurting it and making a, making a tough decision like that. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, a key thing here is to partner with HR. Um, I've always explained to leaders, look, you don't need to go through this alone. Your job, and again, your role is to create the right team um, and the right performance to deliver on results. That's the bottom line. So the focus needs to be there. And you as a leader, also, your role is to train. Like, it's okay if, if the person doesn't know, but it's not okay if you continue to teach somebody and continue to put the right KPIs in place and the right performance reviews and the right communication is happening, right? You also, as a leader, have to be fair to that person mm -hmm. to allow them to succeed and not just set expectations that are not within their abilities or they're not within the skill set that they have. So if all of that is checked and assuming that's all done, then the best way to do it is going through the right process with HR and making sure that there's alignment on how much time. And that person also, the, the, the employee, should also understand those expectations and should also understand the timeline that's given to them in order to, to provide that performance um, uh, you know, change or update or growth and fix. So if all of that is clear, then I always say, you know, obviously as a leader, big part of our job is to fire and that's okay, fire people. And um, this is part of being a manager or a leader. And as long as you're doing it, knowing that you've done everything you can to help that person succeed and that did not happen and they're aligned with you, most of the time, they will actually thank you and say, you know what, you've done everything you can for me and I appreciate that, and I understand that I did not did not uh, did not succeed. So that's really where I, I I always focus on all of that process and the communication and alignment with the right internal teams as well as the employee themselves, so that mm -hmm. everybody's on the same page and the expectations are clear. And again, right intentions from the leader to that employee. Matt has this phrase of saying, instead of firing, it's returning them to the industry, right? <laughs> Either setting them free or return them to the industry. Yeah. And you know what? I, I like that because a lot of times, you know what, that opens even more doors. I always say when somebody does not succeed in a certain role, it doesn't mean that they're not good. It just means that they're not in the right place. And letting them go allows them to be in that right place, hopefully, right? Yeah. So. It's all for good. It also definitely, you know, it, it really takes a lot of, for, for the leader or the manager who is doing that termination or who is setting them free or returning them back to the industry, 
that they really need to be able to embrace that mindset because I feel like from, from what I've seen or heard, the majority of terminations are usually do not walk away with an employee saying thank you. So what are, I would say, you know, kind of everything that you took uh, or everything that you said in, in that last response to take that and kind of uh, so the, the guiding principle of being able to terminate an employee and have them thank you for being able to do it, what would be the, I guess, the best way to sum that up? Honestly, Josh, again, like I said, it's doing it with the right intention. It's, it's communicating why are we doing this and what the outcome that we're seeking. And as long as that employee is aligned and understand what are we doing here between, you know, me as the leader and you as the employee, the outcome should almost always be, thank you, you've done everything you can. I just cannot do this. And I think that's where it really, you know, that's, the, I cannot sum it even more than that, Josh. It's just, you've got to establish that caring and that uh, uh, leadership approach that you are for your employees. You're not against them and you're not there to make them feel bad and you're not there to hurt them or make them lose their jobs. And that sounds simple. Yes, it's not simple. I know that. It takes a lot of communication. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time. And unfortunately, what organizations fail to do is allow the manager that time and allow that manager or, or leader the time to be a true leader or a manager for the employees. And we dump all these other tasks on them that really loses the whole meaning of being a leader or a manager because they don't have time for it. Mm -hmm. but the reality is we've got to communicate as leaders all the time with our people. We've got to understand how they're doing. We've got to make sure they understand their roles and their KPIs every single day. And we've got to have touch points to understand if they're actually getting off track, what can we do to help them? We cannot just jump into, oh, you, you know, it's quarter one. You have not delivered on your on your results. What happened? Well, you should know as a leader what happened. You should not wait until end of quarter one to ask that question. So take it take it upon yourself as a leader that you are responsible, and it's not a matter of just dumping the work and walking away. That's not the true uh, role of a leader. Yeah, I think what I what I really get out of that and appreciate is that you know, to Josh's point, you know, for somebody to say thank you at the end of a termination or a setting free or returning back to the industry, that process had to start a long time ago, right? And there has to be a lot of communication and the culture and alignment and all those things you're talking about, all those things have to be put in place. And then the, the, the termination, the act of, of letting that person go is the end of a long process. And it's, it's not just about, oh, I saw you do something wrong and I'm going to fill out your paperwork and you're gone. Exactly. You know, I, I think, I think to, to, to that point and what I'm hearing you say is it's a long, long process. So um, I really appreciate, Mary, you, you bringing that up and, and also really appreciate your time today. This has been a fantastic and fascinating interview. And uh, Mary, if people wanted to know more about you or you know, find out more about what you do, where would you send them? So I'm on LinkedIn, Mary Tanus. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm on Instagram at Mary G Tanus. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, all Mary G Tanus. So my first name, G as in George, and then Tanus, my last name. Feel free to reach out to me. Even if you just want to chat or collaborate, I absolutely love to share knowledge and learn as well from all the great minds out there. So do not hesitate to contact me. 
Excellent. Well, Mary, thank you so much. We, uh, like Matt said, we really appreciate your time today to come on and chat with us about leadership, company culture, guest feedback, employee feedback, terminating employees. Uh, great wide-ranging conversation uh, with those very productive. A lot of a lot of great insights from that. So we really appreciate it. And for everyone out there who is watching and listening, just remember we are all attraction pros. Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release. And even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit attractionpros.com.